I'm Joe Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklercane.com and everywhere on social media. To the bumper. Guys, this week we're talking to actress, stunt woman, most dangerous woman in Hollywood, Tanya Kay. She is crazy. <laughs> That's, what That's what we love about her. That's what we love about her. She seems like a, like a really cool girl. I'm like really looking forward to talking to her. She's done like so many things that I've seen out there on the interwebs, um, and she is she is a very physical person. Uh, she does a lot of like sideshow stuff. She's a dancer, an actress, a stunt woman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so she's been a stunt woman for Pink. She can walk on stilts. She <laughs> has used a whip on stage with Howie Mandel. Yeah. And, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. If nothing else, go check out her uh, acting reels. All, she's got, like, a dozen of them or more on her site, tanyak.com. Some horror ones. Yeah, it's all different ones. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to talk to her. This is going to be one of the most diverse podcasts I think we've ever done because she's been in so much stuff and is mingled with so many people. She was with Penn Jillette on the Travel Channel. They had a, a pilot that they did called... Uh, I can't remember. That was good. <laughs> she, she worked with Eric Roberts before. Um. Exactly. So her her list of her degree of separation from Kevin Bacon must be literally zero. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that, that's what I'm thinking. Has she worked with Kevin Bacon? We need to ask her that. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. So let's do that. Let's talk to Tanya. Tanya, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm great, Sal. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, I know this was kind of last minute, so we appreciate you jumping in and doing this on a Friday night for us. I'm willing to get in my closet. Get back in the closet. Get back in the closet. You don't hear that too often out in L.A., right? <laughs> Nobody's getting back in the closet. <laughs> but tonight... But tonight. I've been told I've been told I wasn't raised this way, but I've been told that friends of mine grew up with prayer closets. Oh, okay. so interesting. So perhaps you can think of it like that. So, you, so you're going to get a lot more religious on our soul night tonight. So that's what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> or, do we, or do we need to take a moment of silence before we start and have a Zen moment? Namaste and <laughs> is this your serenity Let's room? Do it. Oh, you got it now. Is this your serenity room? You just hang out there, or just for stuff like this? Do you really have a room? What is it? Just a no. Clo- she's literally no. In a the closet. Closet. she's literally in a closet. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, is that like your room of peace? Like it's empty, or you have things in it? No, I'm claustrophobic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we should feel honored that she's she's doing that for us, is closing herself into there for us. There's a party going on in my oh, house. That's what's yeah. going on now. Well, you know. you leave a party to come interview with us and do this this uh, this lovely interview. Uh, we well, do I'm appreciate pa- that. I'm partying here. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Different well, you type should, of party. We brought the wine. Did you? Yeah. At least Where's bring your drinks? Oh, cheers! <laughs> there you go. Cheers. Water for me. Oh, <laughs> we were hoping it was moonshine. You were pulling through a straw. <laughs> well, Tanya Kay is a dancer, an actress, a stunt woman. Very versatile. We're very impressed with some of the work we've seen that you're working. Exactly. She does um, it all. Out in L.A., right? You're you're residing in L.A. At, at currently. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from originally? I grew up in a farm town in Michigan. Ah. Very little, rural. Very wholesome Midwest girl. Yeah. We'll go with that. uh, (laughs) We'll go with that. And uh, I always stuck out. My grandpa, rest in peace, said um, when they they made you, Tanya, they broke the mold. (laughs) So I like that. I feel like that. But I do appreciate nature. I appreciate um, all the things that the small town gave me. And 
now I live in the city to pursue the things that the small town didn't give me. Sure. Mm. It's, it's usually <laughs> like that. People grow up in a small town, like the big city, some city people, they like the country. It's always like the curly hair, straight hair dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> Grass is always greener. Grass yeah. is always greener. Literally. And in this business, of course, that's where the work is. So, <laughs> of course, yeah. that's what it comes down and to. And I've lived... I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in New York. I've lived and worked in Los Angeles, all the major markets. I've toured the nation. So I feel like, you know, I appreciate that I did grow up in a rural area because I can appreciate nature. I can just sit down at a bonfire and stare at the stars and consider it a good time. Sure. But I can also be around immense diversity in the saturation of culture and art and feel like I'm still a pioneer and I'm still progressive and I'm still like making shit happen. Mm -hmm. So I, I like both the city and the country. And I enjoy that I've worked in all three cities so that I have a perspective on the markets and, you know, yeah, the type cool. of type of vibe. Each when, were city you, off. when were you out in New York? How, how long were you out in New York for? Well, how long? <laughs> let's we won't date you. How long? How long were you in New York? I was in New York for a couple years okay. and I did stomp. I did De La Guarda. Mm. I did concert dance and I taught dance as well when I was in New York. Cool. I worked in mostly experimental theater. So that's kind of New York is where I found out that I was good at weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to give for our listeners, you want to give like a couple of examples of weird shit that you are doing. That you do. Maybe some things with fire we've seen. Yeah, I spin fire. I throw knives. I pole dance. Okay. I drum body percussion. Hence the I, stomp. The stomp, stomp relation there. Yep. And I started out as a tap dancer. So. That's okay. very cool. I, I just laugh because the second you said. All the way back. The second you said you were pole dancing, you were both like, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I heard him get all excited for a second. <laughs> Listen, she is a performer to the max. She's an actress. She does everything. So there's no reason not to get excited when she talks about her career. Exactly. <laughs> hey. And I, gr I do Grinder Girl. I grind sparks off my metal bikini cod piece. Nice. Um, I do flags. I swallow balloons, animal balloons whole. Well, like, <laughs> well, like a bit uh, your your talent, your talent of, of the grinder. Right. I mean, where does that take you? That's landed you some jobs very specifically. Right. Where is that? Where is that job landed you? That talent. That's, lands? that's my signature act. It's okay. landed me all over the world. I've done it in Spain. I've done it in South Africa. I've done it in the Caribbean. Um, I'm brought in to do it because it's so fucking weird. You know, <laughs> <laughs> You become and, a specialist, um, absolutely. Yeah, I've done it on all sorts of music videos. I've done it on television, on Comedy Central. On Glee, um, even, right? On Glee? No, she didn't, did, she didn't do the grinder walking. on Glee. What is it? What is it? Stilt walking. She was oh, doing stilt walking. That. That's right, right, sure. Stilts and fire and dance on Glee. Yeah. And on The Voice, which I just did a stint on, I've done dance, stilts, and drumming. Nice. So in town, it's a small community. Like in L.A., after you do weird shit, then people know you do weird shit. And I've kind of got this reputation where one day I I fielded calls from five different agencies they that don't represent me. But right. everyone in town knows I do weird shit. So the agent that doesn't even represent me 
is like, oh, this is weird. Get a hold of that Tanya K girl. <laughs> and they all called me. And that was nice to know that if it's the exact right gig, it's going to find you no matter what. Yeah, That's really right. good. I love that. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah, because so, so you become the go-to girl is what that becomes. It's just a good way to break into the business. You're that person. You so you're unique. Yeah. you have some value. Pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. So in growing up, what came first, dancing or acting? Because we know you you have a quite reputable acting career as well. Thank um, you. I um I probably when my parents read me bedtime stories, I acted them out on the stage of my bed. <laughs> so I'd say in my soul, acting came first. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I started classes for dance first. And then my first performance, public performance, was in theater. So acting, singing, dancing all together. Gotcha. OK, cool. And where did you where where did you go to college and all that good stuff? Oh, I didn't go to college. Oh, I was sorry. working before before I graduated. Gotcha. So, um, so then where so, so that's yeah, so where did you and, land for your first gig then? Oh, by the way, I did graduate valedictorian, so I could have oh. went to any college I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I'm very anti-system, and I wasn't into college and higher education. Um, if you want to go to college, that's fine, but it wasn't right for me. You couldn't convince me that going into debt was going to be good for my artist career, you know? <laughs> sure. Wow, so, that, is a, that is an amazing um you know, idea that you just had and you, you come up with and, and everybody tells you in the way society is that you have to go to college, you have to do this and you have to go through the steps and you're just like, you know, screw that. I'm doing it my way. And, and we'll be successful. Yeah, it, so. she'll be successful at it once you put your heart. Yeah, I mean, into especially it. a valedictorian, right? I mean, the, the valedictorian is generally like they're going to be coached and perused into, in, into doing, you know, like you're going to be scouted by every college scholarship. I'm sure you had scholarships, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then they shape I, you into what they want. But remember, they broke the mold with you so that you didn't <laughs> let them shape you. You shaped yourself. That's what makes you so I unique. Think, I couldn't think of a single career that I personally wanted that I required a college education for. Right. And I didn't want to go into debt. And I remember the time that I realized that the whole system was lies. Like I've always been like this. And it was in fifth grade and we were handing in our history, but they called it social studies. So our social mm -hmm. studies paper mm -hmm. and all of the answers were guys names. Mm. And I was a chick. I was a fifth grade chick yeah. walking up there going, this is lies. My history answers were all male. I said, that's not true. Women did stuff. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to, at that moment, I thought, I'm just going to ace this test and get out of here. Well, that's, wow. that's the whole, that's whole old proverb that, you know, it's his story is what yeah, history his is. his story. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Are you familiar with uh, the show on Comedy Central, Drunk History? Are you watching? No, I, I don't know it. Oh, see, that tells history in its truest form. They, <laughs> really? they, the 30-second the, the premise is they get a comedian really, really drunk, and they tell a famous story in history. And then from there, they have actors and actresses reenact their drunk narration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, it is like the greatest show on television right now. And, and if you want a real slice of true history, that's the way to get it. I've never nice. learned so much. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, so I, I think I was pressured to 
go to college. I had a arguing match with my uh, vice principal in in school. She was yelling, "No valedictorian of ours is not going to college." And she says, what are you going to do with your life? That's the type of support that I got, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with your life? And I said, be a tattoo artist. (laughs) (laughs) You are our first middle finger on the Imperfect Body. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. The double whammy. The double whammy. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, I'm not a loser. I'm an artist. Absolutely. Now, you're in Paradise Club, right? That was like took place in the 60s a little bit. You were a dancer in that. Eric Roberts was in that. How was it working with Eric Roberts? Oh, it was great. Eric is cool. He's a vegetarian, and he and his wife, uh, Eliza, they both are big into animal rights, which we share that in common. I'm a vegan, so we had a ton to talk about on set. Both he and his wife were on set. Um, She was in the movie, too. Uh, and it was fun to work with him. I mean, he's such an old pro. He's done more movies than I think any actor in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And um, over over four hundred listed on IMDb, let alone <laughs> let let alone stuff that isn't on IMDb for whatever reason. Yeah, he's um, he doesn't turn down the roles. You know, he likes to work, and and I do too. So I I look forward to having four hundred credits someday myself. <laughs> well, you're no slouch. You you have sixty three acting credits on IMDb yeah. to your name. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive in and of, in and of itself. I mean, you're a, you're a working actor clearly. Um, what roles have stood out to you and why? Like, what was one of your favorite roles that you've you've had? Well, I would say. You know, every single one. Of course. <laughs> totally cool. But this year on Lifetime, <clears throat> a movie called The Other oh, Wife. The Wife. Out. I want to interrupt because I know it. Yeah. You know, I couldn't <laughs> you wait for you. you, know. he gets, you just... I got too excited, but I, it was good. No, The Other Wife, I watched her. You're so passionate. But you took a beating in that one. You just deflated her balloon, man. Let her talk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's talking about her most exciting role. Let her. All right. I was, I was excited with you, right? She don't mind. I was excited. With you. It's totally cool. I'm so, glad yeah. you've actually seen it. <laughs> uh, it was cool because I learned a lot about myself as an actor uh, through that process. The director, Nick Lyon, <laughs> uh, the way he he found out, we both found out that I can do what's called cry on command. And so I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Now I know that, um, he used that to the extreme. So every scene, the lighting crew, every, the set scenic, they'd set up. Then we do our walkthrough rehearsal and then they'd go, all right, let's get in places. He'd walk up to me. And say very quietly, right before saying action, it'd be good to get a, a few tears on this one. <laughs> All right. You know, is everybody rolling action? Okay. <laughs> no pressure or anything. I did it for every in scene. Nice. And I learned so much about myself. I call it, I'm always on the verge of breakdown, but in <laughs> acting, they call it cry on command. And I'm really good at it. I'm good at accessing like a genuine despair (laughs) on command so uh that's why i liked that one is because i really learned a lot about myself as an actor through the process nice now what about bastard because you scared me in that one 
She was scary, yeah. She was very scary. I get a lot of villain roles, uh, and everybody says, you're so nice off stage, but you're so evil on. <laughs> and Bastard was cool. It was really cool to work with um, the co-directors. They were fresh out of school, and this is their first feature ever. And look at it. It's beautiful. Um, they were a joy to work with. They had that like cool camaraderie vibe. Nothing was a big deal. Uh and the product was great. It got theatrical release. It got released by 20th Century Fox. Um, people saw it, got great reviews. I won Best Villain for it from the Horror Society. Excellent. And uh, that was cool because I like villains. It's my favorite. You know, yeah. when who would want to be an ingenue when you could be a villain? It's well, always fun to you play. Know what? Very like, exciting. Of course it is, yes. Having that having that uh, uh, tangible thing, it's so much easier to be... Deranged. Not easier, but <laughs> like, so much more fun to be deranged yeah. and, and, like, and, and horrible to someone else and, and justify <laughs> it in the character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can be very cold inside and love it. But the thing about villains, I've thought a lot about villains. What? What makes a bad girl or a bad guy different than a villain? And mm -hmm. the difference is, if you're the bad girl or bad guy, you are that way from the top of the film all the way to the end of the film. When As soon as people lay eyes on you, they're like, ah, that's the bad guy. But if you're a villain, they don't know. You yeah. win their affection. Mm -hmm. You They engage with you and kind of root for you or even support you. They relate to you. And then flip you're a villain you destroy their world but they're still in admiration of you because you've earned their respect and the relationship before that so that's why villains way better than the bad girl <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be the most quoted moment i think through the whole interview that's, that, that was that's great. it right there that's <laughs> that's gonna be we always look for quotable moments in our show and i think that description your description of a villain is going to be the quotable moment absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. thank you that's awesome but I've done a lot of thinking about it. Clear, clearly, She's a script in front of her. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, speaking of that, weren't you on improv also? Second City had training. Yeah, she's worked yeah. with people like Penn Jillette and Conan O'Brien. Some Neil sketch Patrick comedy. Like, she's done so much stuff yeah. in the comedy side, too. I'm, I'm just a huge, huge Penn Jillette fan. Like, I, I love all of his stuff. I love the the, the, the magic and even the uh, the uh, sideways commentaries that he has on his certain subjects and everything. How was it working with him? Working with Penn Jillette was unlike working with anybody else in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm, he sure. has a loud voice, he has a strong presence, and he has big opinions. Um, <laughs> and he's a big dude. And he's, <laughs> and he's a big dude, right? <laughs> By the way, I can say after we worked together, he stopped eating animal products and lost over 100 pounds. Oh, is that I'm why he's so skinny now? Thanks I'm to you. Saying, wow. Hey, good work. Look at this. I'm not saying thanks to me. I'm just saying there could be something to it. It could be. Could be. You're recruiting vegans. <laughs> That's why you're really getting these jobs. You don't like acting. You want to just bring people to think to be. Well, if, if Penn sees this, he's going to be like, no, that wasn't her. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he was a cool guy. And working on that show, it had a lot of heart. It was called Street Cred. Mm -hmm. And it took us out. It was on Travel Channel. It took us out to the street. Um, and we went to Boston, for example, and unbeknownst, it was high, kind of like high tech television making and unbeknownst to the street performers at Fenyal Square, 
we were watching them and we were on microphone broadcasting back to our secret lair where we were judging them. <laughs> so we had somebody on the ground walking around talking about what they were seeing in person. And then we would be back. Others would be back in the room also judging them from different camera angles. And at the end, we saw so many street performers and we award $10,000 to one of them just by putting it in their hat. But they have no clue that they're even on the show. That's awesome. Oh, like, wow. They had no clue. So it's so there's a lot of heart to it. You know, America's Got Talent or The Voice or whatever talent competition show. The heart isn't there like it was for this show. Because yeah. all those people, they have expectations. They're going to be seen by 11 million people. They're going to be a star. They have ideas of fame. And these people were just street performers performing for the people in front of them. And we give them 10,000 bucks. Wow. That could, that could change their lives. It's change more real. Lives. Yeah, it's more real that way. You capture that inner emotion. They're doing it for themselves mostly. Although we will say yeah. you did whip a rose out of Howie Mandel's mouth on America's Got Talent, right? Oh, I've been on America's Got Talent a couple times, <laughs> oh, season okay. one and season eight, yeah. And, uh, yep, Howie Mandel was very brave. I, <laughs> I love when people on that show screw with Howie because he is just, oh, yeah. like, he's so OCD with everything, and he's just, like, he doesn't, <laughs> it's like, don't touch me, don't do any of this stuff, and, like, you whipped a rose out of his <laughs> mouth with a whip. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. And I only got to work with him for five minutes All beforehand. Right. Yeah. Of course. And so... He, he did a great job. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> That's so cool. So I want to talk more about your stunt work. Okay. So what's the craziest stunt you've ever had to perform? The craziest stunt I've ever had to perform is uh, drowning. Well, and drowning. it was in this supernatural thriller. Uh, and I, I'm scared of water. I don't swim. I don't in the shower. I don't get water on my face. In fact, I don't even take a shower. I just take a bath. Hmm. You know, it's more controllable that way. So <laughs> it's funny. We shot in Maryland and it wasn't in the script. I knew that I had a death or is seemingly death stunt. And um, there you go. I it was I can't remember what it was supposed to be, but it wasn't drowning. And wow. we got there all the way out to Maryland, Washington, D.C., and we did the run, the table read, and the script was different than the one I had read back in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh -huh. And it said, now you're going to get pulled by the unseen force underwater. Pulled forcibly underwater. <laughs> wow. I said, okay, I'll do it. But looking back at the playback. <laughs> oh, boy. It's not. It's I true mean, fear it's, in your face. <laughs> the terror is true. Oh, I was wow. not having a good time. That was the craziest stunt because I don't like water. Well, these guys right. drowned me once, so I can relate. Yeah, I don't have, we did a we did a short with you and I don't stuck them underwater in a bucket. Head yeah, first. I got I got dunked head down in a bucket. Um, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 times, <gasps> or however many, however many times you made yeah. me do that. My chest hurt Whoa. because my chest kept hitting the bucket every time you dunked me in and that was for a one minute 
That was for it was a, a one minute one minute test trailer, like a, a, uh, one minute a sizzle, sizzle reel. A sizzle reel. One oh. minute sizzle reel. Oh my God. Yeah, we finally got the angle we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I told him like two weeks later. I'm like, we have to do a, a, a reshoot on that. It's <laughs> like no. I was like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so, dude. Here, true stories of indie filmmaking. The lead actor didn't show up. Guess who fills in? Moi. <laughs> <laughs> So I was on set. So brave. T- taking this, uh, t- taking you know indie filmmaking at, at at its face value. Sal was our sound man on that shoot, and basically what happened, like he said, the indie the the, the lead male in the shoot did not show up. So, so yeah, we dunked him. There's a lot more fun, fun this times. way, I believe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think I think indie filmmaking, um, in a lot of cases, sometimes we're doing twelve, thirteen pages a day. Mm-hmm. And I've also mm-hmm. been on blockbuster sets where they do like half a page a right, day. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you think of the camaraderie, the teamwork and and the ability, the prowess that needs to come together to accomplish a 12 page day, you feel like who's the real filmmakers here? Mm-hmm. Good point. You know? Yeah, great and, point. And we don't have money. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. pages, we don't have any money. Right. And that's that's some real filmmaking when you can do that day after day and get it done. And that's amazing. It's like boot camp for filmmaking. So in terms of your stunt work, I would do want to bring up, too, that you you were a stunt double for Pink. Right. Mm-hmm. So how cool was that? I mean, how did you <laughs> did, was that for a music video shoot, I presume? Or was it, it was for something for a else? Commercial campaign for okay. CoverGirl. She was their CoverGirl or whatever CoverGirl's CoverGirl is called. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was pretty easy. Actually, the stunts were easy at the time. I looked a lot like Pink. My haircut was cut mm-hmm. like hers. I'm a lot taller than her. Oh, wow. um, but we do some of the same specialties like fire and aerial. So that's that's why I was because I looked like her, and we do the same specialties. But on the day, it wasn't that hard because she she does a lot of her own stuff. Mm-hmm. And we it wasn't like an uncontrollable stunt, like drowning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like specialty stuff, like um, fire. It was fire and breaking glass, kicking glass, and standing in for the aerial stuff. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so it was cool. And it was great to work with her because she took the time to learn my name and some celebrities don't and uh she took the time to acknowledge me and say hi to me and talk with me so i got a lot of respect for her she seems like one of those really down-to-earth yeah. performers like I, I feel like i i have no you know no real uh barometer for that but she seems to me like, <laughs> like she'd be really down to earth to work with she was cool. she was cool to me yeah. for sure yeah that's awesome so upcoming stuff and work for you it looks like you're um going to be a series regular on the el rey network for puppet master what's <laughs> that so excited yeah tell, yeah tell us about this what what is this horror well, puppet master is a franchise by full moon features you probably all have seen charles band's work a uh, evil mm-hmm. bong puppet master puppet master this is number 11 <laughs> and it was filmed i was hired on as the villain um in a feature-length film, but because distribution is so interesting these days, um, mm-hmm. it actually is going to premiere on the El Rey Network as a miniseries first, and that's my first series regular. 
All right. Cool. Awesome. Congrats. So that's pretty cool. And I can't wait to see it on L Ray Network. I know they feature a lot of Grindhouse stuff. Yeah. And they're interested in entertaining the English speaking uh, Hispanic audience, which there's so many of, mm-hmm. of them in, and us in uh, America. And uh, it doesn't matter when it's horror and grindhouse. Who cares? You know, let's just watch. (laughs) Absolutely. I I, I love that stuff. So Puppet Master is perfect fit for that network, I think. Is that still Um, in production or does that have a debut date? uh, It's well, it was a quick shoot for actors, but the CG, well, the animatronics takes Mm -hmm. months. Sure. It's puppets. Yeah. 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 Cool. So it's going to take months, but I think, don't quote me on this, but February is like a projected idea. So it's still a short, short amount of time. High, quick turnaround. Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, Full Moon Features has done, let's see, Puppet Master was their 273rd film. So this is a production company that knows how to make their product. And so they know how much time it's going to take. They know who's going to be working on it. They know the budget. They know what they're going to recoup. So, um, again, like Charles Band is brilliant. Full Moon Features is brilliant. There's such a cult following for these films. Um, do you have any, do you have any um, aspirations to produce your own films or web series or anything like that in the works from you in the future? Yeah, I have um, a television pilot. That is, uh, I'm working on with a development company, and we're going to pitch. <clears throat> and I've pitched in the past t- TV ideas, okay. series ideas. Cool. Um, and just just the other week, I was like, "Hey, I think it's time that I that I, you know, executive produce my my own film. Like yeah, it's why time. Not, right? Why not? Right? Yeah. Well, this this business is so strange. Like you have to you have to get behind yourself. And and really market yourself and make yourself um, the product and go, OK, well, I, the only way to do that is to produce yourself and go, OK, let me get this out here and get this out. here. This is my concepts, my my inventions, my creations um, that I want to get out there. And it really, you know, it, it shines through and, and you're a very diverse person. And obviously you've done a lot with your career. Um, you, you know, you don't you don't pigeonhole yourself into one specific thing. Which is which is beautiful, you know. It doesn't. It's 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 the way this this um, this industry works now. Yeah, and I'm curious. Well, though, I'm curious about one thing, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like leading from Joe's with the diversity statement, right? Being a burlesque dancer and things you've done in the past, how have you found that to be in terms of crossing over your career to network television, getting on the Lifetime Movie Network? I mean, yeah. Did well? Did those I'm things help? Yeah. Did, <laughs> I mean, do you find those things were for you apparently was not a hindrance? It's both. Like I've worked um, as a performer exclusively for my income for 26 years, mm-hmm. so I've never had to waitress. I've never had to do any other jobs, and my diversity in performance genres is why. You know, mm-hmm. if I just acted, it would be so much more difficult to make the money I need to live in L.A. or New York yeah. than than if I do this, 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 and this. So I happen to be good at this, 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 and this, and that works to my benefit. On the other hand, um, yeah, sometimes it's a hiccup. Uh, I try to keep things kind of segregated so that it, my website is in progress right now, but Mm -hmm. if you go to my website, it's segregated. So if you're there for acting, hopefully I make it easy on you. You can just look 
for the acting stuff all in one place. And because burlesque, especially, and, and grinding sparks off your metal bikini codpiece, it's so sensational. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't forget it. You can never yeah. unsee that. And I, I kind of keep it away from my acting contacts until it comes up. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Well, there it is. Lesson learned, kids. Just like playing the stock market, you want to be as diverse as possible. So to make it as an actor in L.A., be as diverse as possible in your career. <laughs> Don't say no to anything, right? Just do it all. <laughs> and, and apparently, you know, hide grinding your, your cod piece. <laughs> No, I actually did it. (laughs) Keep that on the last page of your website. That's all. (laughs) I actually did admire your website for that reason, the way you diversify. Because you're right. If you're looking for the acting, it's right there for this, the stunts or something different, dancing. So it was very well done. Well, do you want to give out your website so we have our our listeners have that? Yeah, tell everybody where they can find you. Your web, your Instagram, Twitter. where, Where can they find you? Okay, please look me up on IMDb to see all those 63 credits that I have. My name is Tanya K, T-O-N-Y-A-K-A-Y. Um, then, after you do that, check out my website, TanyaK.com, T-O-N-Y-A-K-A-Y.com. I'm building it right now, so, you know, it's in process. It's a work in progress. Uh, and I am on... Every single social media there is, except LinkedIn. And um, you can find me, and I'm available to interact because I like my fans, and I like interacting and having genuine connections with people. I think that's why we do it. In theater, it's very easy. It's easy to go, those are my employers, those people sitting in the seats, because they paid, whatever, 60 bucks for a ticket. And that pays my wages. But we sometimes forget that when we're on camera. We see our employer as the studio or the network. They're our buyer, but they're not our consumer. Mm -hmm. Our consumer is still the audience and the fans and the people that watch us and support us. And so to me, those are the most important people to please and be interactive with and and have a positive conversation with. So... I'm available on social media, basically, is what I'm saying. Find me. I will interact with you. Awesome. We love that, Tanya. That's uh, such great, great message to hear for everybody. You've got three new fans sitting right here. So <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on the show with us and, and chatting with us and giving us – we've got some great insights from you. I think our fans are going to love it. A lot of people in the industry are going to love it. So um, we'll talk to you soon. Tanya, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank take, you. Thank you, care. Wayne. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Bye, Sal. Bye, Tanya. Thanks so much. (laughs) I'm Joe Kane. I'm Marge Simpson. And I'm also Bert Simpson. Bert? Bert? <laughs> yeah, it's not Bond. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Can you please find that and edit it in somewhere? Can you please edit that in somewhere? <laughs>